When Jesus, of whom the choir has so beautifully sung, walked the dusty pathways of towns and villages, which we now reverently call the Holy Land, and taught his disciples by the shores of beautiful Galilee, he often spoke in parables, in language his disciples understood best. Frequently he spoke of home-building with respect to the lives of his listeners. He said that every house divided against itself shall not stand, and later added, Behold, mine house is a house of order and not a house of confusion. In a revelation given through the prophet Joseph Smith at Kirtland, Ohio, on December 27, 1832, the Lord counseled, Organize yourselves and prepare every needful thing and establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. Where could anyone find a more suitable blueprint whereby he might build and fashion the house which he would personally occupy throughout eternity? It would meet the building code of Matthew, a house built upon a rock. It would withstand, shall we say, the rains of adversity and the floods of opposition and the winds of doubt everywhere present in our challenging world. Oh, someone might say, but that was a revelation pertaining to the building of a temple. And then we remember the words of the Apostle Paul, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Perhaps if we were to consider individually each of the pages of this divinely given blueprint, provided by the Master Architect, the Creator of heaven and earth, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we could be better builders. He said, Let your house be a house of prayer. And then he counseled, And when thou prayest, do not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, to be seen of men. But when thou prayest, pray unto thy Father which is in secret, Avoid vain repetitions, and after this manner pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The finest time to teach our children the principle of prayer is when they are yet young. I remember when our eldest son was but three. He would kneel by the side of his mother and by my side as we would offer our evening prayer. I was the bishop of the ward at the time, and in our ward we had a lovely lady by the name of Margaret Lister who lay perilously ill. And our little son would remember hearing us say, Heavenly Father, bless Sister Lister. And on this evening when it was his turn to pray, he confused the words of his intended prayer 
with the words of a story from a nursery book. And he prayed, Heavenly Father, bless Mommy and Daddy and Sister Lister and Henny Penny and Turkey Lurkey and Chicken Lickin and all the other little folks. We had a hard time holding back the smiles. But then later we were humbled when Margaret Lister had a complete and unexpected recovery. We do not demean the prayer of a child. After all, our children have more recently been with our Heavenly Father than have we. So let our houses be houses of prayer. Then let your house be a house of fasting, said the Lord. And I turn to Isaiah and the beautiful words of the true fast. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to deal thy bread to the hungry? to bring the poor that are cast out to thine house, when thou seest the naked that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. And then the promise, Then shall thy light rise as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here am I. If thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought. And thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Oh, let our house be a house of fasting, and then let our house be a house of faith. I like the words of James. If anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I too like the words of Nephi. I will go and do the thing which the Lord hath commanded. He didn't question, he believed. And there are examples today of pure faith. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to accompany President Hubie Brown on a tour of the Samoan mission. The members and missionaries wrote to us and described that a terrible drought engulfed their lands. They asked if we would join our faith with theirs, that rain would come when we came. When our plane touched down at Pongopongo and we made the journey to the school at Mapasanga, signs of drought were everywhere. Then we met the members. They streamed forth and said, Now the rain will come. Now the rain will come. I looked heavenward. A bright, glaring sun, a cloudless sky. But we began the meeting. And midway through President Brown's message, I noted that the sun was obscured by gathering clouds. Then we heard the unmistakable clap of the sound of thunder. Then we saw the streak of lightning. The heavens opened, the rains descended, the drought ended, and the people rejoiced. A little later that morning, while at the airport waiting for our short-term flight over to Apia and the school at Pesenga, The New Zealand pilot of the small craft 
stepped forward from his plane and walked toward the terminal and said to the ground crew, This is the craziest weather pattern I've ever seen. Not a cloud in the sky all over the Samoan Islands, except over the Mormon school in Mapasanga. I don't understand it. President Brown, with a twinkle in his eye, nudged me in the ribs and said, Here's your opportunity. Go help him understand it. I did so. Let our house be a house of faith. Then the Lord said, Let our house be a house of learning. Seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Yea, seek learning, even by study and also by faith. Come learn of me, said Jesus, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. No other quest for learning has such a profound promise for you and for me. Let our house be a house of learning. Then the Lord said, Let our house be a house of glory. To be such, we must be square with God, fair with our fellow men, and honest with ourselves. We cannot be one thing and profess to be another. Samuel Clemens, better known as Mark Twain, had his character Huckleberry Finn teach this lesson. I suppose at that time Huckleberry Finn could be classified a juvenile delinquent. But Huck Finn was speaking, and I quote, It made me shiver, and I about made up my mind to pray. To see if I couldn't quit being the kind of a boy I was and be better. So I kneeled down, but the words wouldn't come. Twarn't no use. I knew very well why they wouldn't come. It's cause I was playing double. I was saying that I was going to give up sin, but deep in my heart, I was holding on to the biggest sin of all. I was trying to tell my mouth to say that I would do the right and the clean thing, but deep within me, I knowed it was a lie, and he knowed it. You can't pray a lie. I found that out. Close quote. Someone said, Consistency, thou art a jewel. When we are good, consistently good, then our house will be a house of glory. Let our house be a house of order, said the Lord. For everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, said Ecclesiastes, or the preacher. And so it is with you and with me. May we make time, time for our family, time for our work, time for recreation, time for service, time for study, time for meditation, but definitely time for Christ, and then our house will be a house of order. Finally, may we have a house of God, clean thoughts, noble purpose, willing minds, ready hands, all combined to provide a house of God. And we do not build alone, for our supervising architect, the Lord, will be with us. Some years ago, I had the opportunity to preside over a mission and get personally acquainted with about 400 missionaries. On one occasion, 
One of our missionaries was desperately ill. He was in the hospital. Ultimately, surgery was necessitated. The doctor suggested that we bring his parents from their small home and town in Idaho to Toronto. I shall never forget the evening when they arrived and we walked quietly down the darkened corridors of the hospital into a six-bed ward and stood before their missionary son. Mother embraced her boy and kissed him. Father and I joined and placed our hands upon his head and blessed him. The next morning he was in the operating room under the hands of the doctor when the nurse came into the ward bringing the breakfast trays to the other men. She stopped before the patient in bed number one and said, Fried eggs this morning and I have an extra portion for you. He was a gentleman who had cut off the end of his toe with a lawnmower. It did not affect his appetite. But as he looked at the food, he uncomfortably said, Well, I won't be eating this morning. All right, she said. I'll give your share to your partner in bed number two. She approached him, and he said, I'm starving, but I'm not going to eat this morning. And so it was with each of the five men in that ward. Finally, the nurse said, I don't understand you men. Every morning you're starving, but this morning you're not eating. At length, one of them spoke and said, You see, bed number three is empty. Our missionary friend is in the operating room under the hands of the surgeons. While he's been here, he's talked to us about prayer, about faith, about fasting for needed blessings. Now, we don't know a lot about the Mormon Church, but we know a lot about him. And this morning, we're fasting for him. The operation was a complete success. When I attempted to pay the doctor his fee, he refused. He said, no, there will be no charge for my services. I felt a power beyond my own, guiding my thinking and directing my hands. It would be dishonest to accept a fee. Such is a house of God. This, then, is our assignment. We are master builders of eternal homes, even temples of the Most High God. Organize yourselves, prepare every needful thing, and establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God. And then our building inspector, even the Lord, Hopefully, we'll look upon the house we have built and say, as he did to Solomon, a builder of an earlier day, I have looked upon the house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eye and mine heart shall dwell there perpetually. O oh, my brothers and sisters, I pray that we may be builders, builders of eternal houses, for all eternity. In the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, amen.